What's up, dreamers? This week we watched the one of the newest, newer Kendrick Brothers movies, Overcomer. It's a story about cross-country, conversion, and corruption. This, <laughs> this movie, we had high hopes for it at the beginning. Because we yeah. said with Courageous when we watched that... I, four years ago, however long that was. I don't, yeah, but I don't even remember. We how watched long it's been. through their film catalog, or at least like you know, th- throughout their timeline of movies. Yeah, so we've done Flywheel, which was um, their first one, right? Yeah, that was their very first one. Face of the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And Face of uh, the Giants. Yeah. And Courageous. Courageous. And when and we did, did, they did Fireproof too, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when so. we watched Courageous, I remember commenting that. They're starting to build up some momentum in terms of their, yeah. you know, we're we're starting to see the competent Kendricks, which yeah. is they're getting some filmmaking chops. Yeah, this one, I'd say like the first thirty minutes, I was, I was impressed. I was actually a little bit mesmerized by the movie just because I couldn't believe what strides they'd made <laughs> even since Courageous. Yeah, but then movie took went- some. Went a bit, a bit off the rails. <laughs> we should probably give the premise. Yeah. The so, um, Overcomer is a story of a, I guess, small town Christian school coach and history teacher, and he's a basketball coach who the the local factory shuts down that employs most of the the parents of his students and of his team. So he uh, loses his, you know, star basketball team and is placed in charge of the high school track team, cross country team. And the story is kind of his his journey of coaching this cross country team, which ends up being just one girl. That's the the premise of Overcomer. Yeah, um, I do want to I, I do want to say before we get into the movie, though. It, it's it is very true that the Kendrick brothers throughout their their course of movies have every time have improved a little bit more like um flywheel it was obvious they didn't know what they were doing um fireproof was better uh still had some major issues <laughs> courageous actually had uh if i recall correctly courageous actually had some really good plot like even plot points but then they didn't really do a whole lot with them in the end. I remember that being one of our complaints. It's like they had the the kid with the life of crime or who was like trying to have a – who wanted to have a real family in the midst of this story about families, and they never really did anything with that. In this movie, um, they, they do better, I think, with tr- sort of developing some of those themes. But one of the problems is that Alex Kendrick still cannot act. <laughs> Very well. Oh. You just get you, you he, get he's the, he gave some good gave some good speeches in the beginning basketball game sequence. <laughs> and then we returned to confused, confused Kendrick, Kendrick. Where 
anytime there's you know tension in a scene they cut to him and he i don't know he looks like vaguely unsure yeah exactly yeah every every time at some point it cuts to it and i i felt like just because the way the movie was going it happened more and more as the movie progressed yeah but so (laughs) when he goes to this guy is tasked with coaching the cross-country team and he has he's a basketball guy he doesn't have any experience coaching cross country he doesn't even like to run himself and only one student shows up for the cross country tryouts i don't know if it was a pr problem or everybody at the school i I feel like people just mainly hate cross country like who wants yeah yeah that's fair and so she shows up so he just has to coach this and he's very discouraged because he's Losing his basketball team, and now he has to coach this sport that he doesn't even have much interest in. This quote-unquote sport. Yeah. But we could probably do a whole episode that debates that. Send us send us tweets. Is cross-country a sport? <laughs> so the, the, the girl who shows up for the cross-country team is established at the beginning of the movie to be just a, a troubled kid. We find out that she lives with her grandmother because her, her, you know, she, her parents have passed away. Yeah. And so uh, when she was just uh, like a baby. So her grandmother's been raising her. But she also uh, has trouble with stealing. She, there's a scene where a bunch of these kids are playing basketball in the park, and she walks by and can't help herself and grabs a pair of headphones. Yeah. Um, does she she also steals somebody's watch? Are there any is there anything else that she like steals on camera? Uh, I know she has a she has a she watch. Has, yeah, they show us a collection. But I think the, the only things we actively see her stealing in the movie, I think, are the headphones. And we don't even see her stealing um Alex Kendrick, Coach Harrison. Yeah, John Harrison. That's his name. Um we don't see him see her stealing his watch, but she steals his watch as well. Yeah. But those are the only things that in the movie she steals yeah and her grandma finds an ipod oh that's right on her like when she was doing laundry or something that she also stole from somebody but this she's a a troubled young woman and she's having i don't even know she doesn't sell the stuff i don't even know if she she doesn't use most of it so she just yeah i think she's just a klepto yeah Yeah. no doubt yeah so she joins the cross-country team she's troubled and so um, Coach John Harrison is trying to, you know, build up this one runner team that he has. And uh, there's so many things that go on in this movie. I'm sure because uh, yeah, so we need to talk about. Yeah, we need to talk about um, in the beginning of the movie. There's there's some like the kind of build up to him becoming the coach. There's a lot of things that happen. Um, and first of all, I guess just this introduction again, talking about the the Kendricks. One thing they know really well is the sports movie. Yep. Like they've done it with Facing the Giants. Um, that's that's their bread and butter is the the you know the underdog sports movie. And um, I mean, who doesn't love a good underdog sports movie? Oh right. Got, and there's so your, many metaphors in the Christian right. universe that you can. Yeah, just at your David and Goliath. I mean, you don't even need yeah. to explain it. Everybody knows. Well, wasn't that facing the Giants? The kicker's name was literally David. 
Was it? Yeah, the guy he, he, the guy who kicks the I'm pretty sure. I'm <laughs> Were they I, were they playing the Giants? Yeah, facing yeah, the Giants. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless. Right. But yeah, so um I'm just what, what I'm saying is uh Sports movies, I mean, you've got your greats. You've got your Remember the Titans. You've got your Any Given Sundays. You've got your, uh, what is it, Miracle on Ice about yeah. the Olympic? Yeah. And you've got your Facing the Giants. Like, these are the, the greats. And um, the Kendrick brothers know that that's kind of a, a good niche to fall into. And so that's what they did with Overcomer as well. But the thing that really hit home for me with this movie is they didn't just do the sports movie. They also did like the Rust Belt town factory closing movie. Yeah. Um, so you've I, got like the town that employs all of the, the you know, your blue collar workers who are sending their kids to the Christian school. That factory closes down and now everybody's scrambling to, you know, figure out what to do. And I had hoped that that was going to be a significant part of the movie. I know. So doesn't come things, up. No, <laughs> it doesn't. And the like basketball losing, like, being a basketball coach, it doesn't really – they just set up these really negative things that happen. They never discuss it yeah. again. Yeah. But um, would have loved to see more of that because, they're, they're, I mean, they're hitting all if, – if they were trying to make a movie made for me, a sports movie about a blue-collar town where the factory closes and guys are losing their jobs – High up on the list. Like, oh yeah, that checks all the boxes. <laughs> oh, so um, yeah, yeah, so we have all of that happens. We've got uh, John Harrison very upset about losing his team because they were gonna like this was the team that was gonna win the they were gonna go state next year, like they were gonna win everything, and now he's losing all of that. Um. And uh, is clearly a struggling guy. Yeah, and, and then his he and his wife have communication problems. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple. I'm, of I'm scenes, trying to think about how to talk about that. Yeah, they, they this, definitely have some issues. Because <laughs> this, I'm trying to. So when the there's a scene in the movie. When he's going through all these changes with the basketball team and the the town is not doing well because of the the factories uh, moving and people are moving away from the school. He has this interaction with his wife where he is the the pastor calls. And and, and it's right after he takes a 10 percent pay cut. Like he just got that letter in the mail. That's right. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. But the pastor calls to remind the wife that her husband had quote unquote volunteered to go on hospital visitation that evening. And she had never told him about this. And it's turns out she had volunteered him to go yes. and didn't tell him. <laughs> yeah. So he has to go to the hospital. This whole thing sets up him meeting this. He goes into the wrong room um, on accident. And he meets this guy named Thomas Hill. Yeah. Thomas Hill. Thomas Hill's a fellow who's lost his eyesight because of diabetes. And he divulges that he had a pretty wild lifestyle for most of his life. And it eventually caught up to him. But it turns out this guy used to be a cross-country runner. 
So he talked shop with uh, John Harrison a little bit. So the whole miscommunication thing, it turns into this like sort of relationship that he develops with this guy named Thomas Hill, who he just talks shop with, gets advice from about how to coach cross-country runners. Um, but then as the movie progresses, we he John Harrison realizes that this guy in the hospital is yeah. actually the father of this uh what's what is the girl's name who's on the cross country team? Hannah Scott. Hannah, Hannah Scott. Scott. So this <laughs> Hannah Scott's dad is actually I know, I know. I Hannah Scott is the guy's daughter. So John Harrison starts to make these connections. Yeah. This is where the movie really started to get dicey. Yeah. Because basically what, what happens is he realizes who Thomas Hill is in relation to I, Hannah. I feel like, are, are we skipping ahead or does just not much happen in the first half of the movie? Because I feel like we're already getting to the second half of the movie. Um, I, what, I still know. I think that was about at the halfway point. Yeah. That I think she, they eventually take her to visit him in the hospital. And I think it was about what like happened in the first half of this movie. It was just build up to yeah, and I like, guess him losing his job, um, him becoming a track coach, him starting to coach this girl. Lots of jokes about how cross country is bad. Oh, actually, in the first half of the movie, one of the moments that I really. It it actually made me laugh was when his older son, Ethan, doesn't want to participate in the track thing that's happening. And he goes into his room to, like, try to convince him. And they're having, like, this heart-to-heart talk about, you know, um, this will, you know, it'd be really good. It'll help you stay in shape for the rest of the basketball season and things like that. And his son is like, well, Dad, you know, I'll I'll join track and run if you'll run with me. And his dad had just had a really horrible experience of running. And so he comes back out of the room to his wife and is like, well, he's just not going to do it. Oh, I know. That that moment was <laughs> it, I laughed out loud. It was good. Yeah, it, it, it actually beats. cracked me up. <laughs> um, it was one of, the, one of the few, like, genuine funny moments of the movie. Oh, and of a lot of the movies we review. Usually we're laughing at them because... They didn't mean to be funny, but they right, were. Yeah. But in this case, the, it the, it landed. So. Oh, no doubt. It, this is... You remember at the beginning I said it's about cross-country conversion and corruption. This is where yes. the corruption starts. Yes. When John Harrison realizes who Thomas Hale, the man in the hospital, is, he makes the decision... So you remember, Hannah Scott's grandma has always told her that her parents passed. And this was... Her means of protecting her because she knew if um, she just didn't want her to interact with her father because she was such a mess at the time mm-hmm. that he abandoned his child and she didn't. Which I mean, it's fair. I, yeah, I think. Yeah. I I think it is. And so, but John Harrison realizes this, and he I think he he probes a little bit and asks Hannah like about her dad. And about what she knows about him, and then just reveals to her, yeah, that your your father's alive. He's in the hospital, and yeah. 
you can go see him if you want to. This it, without contacting her grandmother at all. And he's yeah. a teacher and a coach too. So like, I think I said while we were watching it, if they were like accountants, it would be you know ethically gray. And I would still say you people are going to get yourselves in trouble by doing this. But a teacher and a coach, mm-hmm. like withholding this information, that adds they're crossing a lot of lines. Yeah, is, what, I don't know. Yeah, a, what, a lot of places that'd be a point of no return. Yeah, what's so interesting about this, and you and you mentioned this when we were watching it, is if you take the audience that the Kendrick brothers have in mind for Overcomer, you know, kind of conservative Christians, um, and you apply the thinking of this movie to any other situation, this guy would be the the bad guy of the movie. Because what he's doing is without any kind of parental or guardian consent is revealing information to this student. And uh, I think the example we talked about when we were watching, it's like, you know, all of the stuff going on with like the um, kids and their identity. The like the Florida bill. Like that's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like um, should, should parents have the right to know about this stuff? And yeah, the the answer. Yeah. It's we're not, we're not a political podcast here. No. We are not. And um <laughs> and it so it's so funny to see in this movie, like in a slightly different situation, now the teacher is being kind of portrayed as the good guy for revealing this information without talking to any adult in the situation. It's just this 15-year-old girl, and he's like, Oh yeah, it's fine. We're just gonna tell you about your father that nobody knew existed. And they know this too because they talk. The principal of the school was friends apparently with Hannah Scott's mom. And there's a specific scene where the principal tells them if the grandmother knew, like she would under no circumstances want. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's pretty explicitly laid out what the grandmother's wishes are. And those wishes are totally and completely ignored. And so they take Hannah to see Thomas Hill. It's a very short meeting because it's very overwhelming for her. But uh, Hannah starts, she goes back there a couple of times. I think, does she go back? No, I guess. So between, I think between the first visit and the second visit to her father, she she has a conversion scene where she's talking with the principal of the school. And she just lays out all the principles of Christianity basically and prays the prayer with her and she becomes a Christian. So she goes and visits her father and tells him, you know, I I forgive you. I have this revelatory understanding of forgiveness now. So I forgive you. Yeah. Oh yes. Because, (laughs) because we, this was the real turning point of the movie for me is the, um, not only the, the telling of the girl that, her dad was alive without consulting anybody, but also you had this conversion scene moment, which a lot of the the more modern Christian movies have sort of gotten away from the conversion scene because they've realized that it's not really a great scene for storytelling unless you do it really well, unless you're Sergeant York, yep. you know, you don't do the conversion scene because you can't do it that well. Yeah. Um, but the Kendrick brothers went back to old habits and they did like a, a full-on conversion scene, like they prayed the prayer and everything. And then they did 
what I called the, the sanctification montage. Yeah. Which was um, just, you know, a montage of this girl reading her Bible and coming to learn new things about Christianity and also running. And ha- it was it was kind of like the, the scene in Rocky. I think it's Rocky 2 where he's like running through the streets of Philadelphia yeah. and ends up at the statue on the on the steps and you know it's dancing around um with the gonna fly now playing in the background it was it was kind of a scene like that um except it was uh instead of being ready to fight apollo creed it was that she had become a christian and learned her bible and um so that in between these meetings with her father, those are, that's what happens is you have this sanctification montage where she now she understands the Bible a bit more. Now she knows who she is as a Christian. She knows her identity as a Christian because that's one of the sort of big themes of the movie is what's your identity? Who are oh, you? Yeah, and I mean, like, cross-country running is the, I mean, perfect. Either Paul uses that metaphor in the scriptures. And so it is like the end of the sanctification montage is her on the banks of the river, just with her hands outstretched yeah. to the air, just looking up to the heavens. Yeah. So the I do I think that sanctification montage though that we need to we need to publish a glossary of terms for <laughs> Christian movie terms. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so she uh, she comes back to her father now, as you were saying, uh, now ready to forgive him because mm-hmm. she's had this sanctification moment. Uh, oh, oh. And then after that, uh, Coach Harrison is drawn into judging uh, drama club monologues. Like, this is where the movie got good. <laughs> yeah. He gets so this zany drama teacher just randomly in the hall is like you got you know you're are you free this class period i need somebody to help judge monologues so coach harrison has to sit there and these kids in this class are giving very uninspiring monologues and so then, I, I have a theory about that uh, i wrote it down drama club scene was making fun of alex kendrick because the kid who get, he he's delivering this the first kid who delivers like a poem about like passionate love does it deadpan and extremely boring and like it displays no emotion in the entire uh model <laughs> and I, all i could think of was wait a minute this is alex kendrick <laughs> so i th- i feel like maybe maybe they're self-aware enough that they were making fun of themselves yeah or the um, He's got a got beef with the writers or something. I bet they're just, who knows what's going on. That's a good uh, theory, though. I think there might be that ha- it holds some weight. Um. So as he's judging, this kid gives this very uninspired monologue, and then Alex Kendrick turns and Hannah walks into the auditorium, mm-hmm. and she gives this tearful like speech to him basically letting him know that she converted to Chris became a Christian, but there's, you know, dramatic music playing and she's, she's speaking in like, I am statements. I think like 
I yeah. am forgiven, I am loved, like all those sorts of statements, because right after she converted, the principal of the school who was there when she did pray the prayer told her, go into the first two chapters of Ephesians and write down I am statements for all the things that you find in those chapters about who you are now that you're yeah. in Christ. Yeah. And so she does that and then sort of uses that to structure this very theatrical moment that she has in front of the whole drama class and in front of coach Harrison and she's crying and then she gives it and she just turns around and walks out of the auditorium. The drama, the drama teacher looks at all the kids getting ready to do their monologues. And he's like, did you see that? That was fire. (laughs) And then Alex Kendrick follows her out. She informs him that she, you know, became a Christian yeah. And this they're but they're getting in deeper into this thing with having her see her dad and interact with him without telling the grandmother. And it yeah. all comes to a head. Um, it's like the third time I think she decides to visit him third or fourth. And she gets on her bike and goes to the hospital. She's gone for like two hours while she's gone, which side note, it's a movie about running. Why didn't they have her run to the hospital? I don't know why they had a ride. She she rode her bicycle to the hospital when, if you want to stick with the theme of the movie, she should have run. Like that would have been a great, that would have been a great sanctification montage built into the movie. Like you have to go see your, your dad, you have to forgive him, which is what you're about to do. This is the time to have a montage. I have a race to to run. Yeah. Uh, And so she visits him and then she comes back in classic, uh, scene. She opens up the front door to go back into the house, and as she closes the door, they do what is that? The like, the like, uh, like a stinger. Yeah, yeah. When she closes the door, Grandma's like, "Where were you?" Yeah. And there's the, this like, the beat drops, and yeah. then her grandma's it, it, like, it's, "It's like in a in a horror movie when a character like looks out a window and doesn't see anything, and then they look away." And the camera goes back to the window and there's something there and you hear this like <clears throat> right yeah it, it did that <laughs> yeah and she's like what are you doing here and the grandma's like well i didn't feel well so i came home from work early where were you and so then hannah has to divulge to her well you know that nice and trustworthy coach and teacher i have at that christian school well i've been going to the hospital with him to visit my father he explicitly told, told me, me he is dead yeah so a lot of tension grandmother is very justifiably upset about this so she goes and she uh reams out coach harrison which you know i yeah to be fair to be fair now in in the in the particular circumstance she may be wrong about the guy however she is fully justified to be upset about the fact that these teachers went around her back to this 15-year-old girl of whom she is a guardian and started revealing information about uh, parental and familial things that they had no business getting involved with. I'm, on, I'm they, on grandma's side of this. I am too. I Like like I said, it's, it's corruption at all levels. Yeah. And this movie highlights that. I don't know if it's a, it's just a, an unflinching look at the, the Christian, Christian school, school system. system. Yeah. <laughs> It depends on what, you know, area of 
critique the school of thought you come from in critiquing yeah. movies, but you could come at it from that side of attack. And so there's tension now between Grandma and the Harrisons, and the Harrisons aren't sure what to do. It sort of hints that they, because they have a scene with them praying where in the prayer they say, like, forgive us if we were wrong. So they do have yeah. at least some sense of, hmm, maybe maybe we did the wrong thing, but... It doesn't play out that way. No. Like they never ask forgiveness of the grandma. The grandma also has a moment of prayer where she's like, you know, just kind of raging, which actually I thought was a one of the better, um, like, spiritual scenes of the movie was the mm-hmm. grandma's prayer because it was just like her being angry and trying to deal with what she was feeling with this guy who um, married her. Well, did they even get married? But this guy who was with her daughter had a kid, got her involved in drugs and her daughter died and he's still alive. And this is, you know, all this pain and ugliness wrapped up in it. That was actually one of the the more real moments of the movie was the grandma's prayer. Oh Um, yeah. But they never resolved the conflict between the two. And the, the Harrison's, keep at this yeah because hannah has a big race is it this is the championship race yeah and throughout the movie what kind of annoys me about this movie is that it doesn't focus enough on the racing like that's that's i don't want the sport in the like periphery i want i I want the racing and like racing is it is like high tension like it there you can you know make a whole lot of conflict and interesting scenes out of that but i never it never focuses enough on it it was like ramps goes to college where you never see the sports being played you just see the effect yeah and so they they keep at this like uh it's okay like you can still talk to your dad because what happens is all the cross-country coaches have a meeting and very late, right before the championship game, they decide to change a rule, and that's that uh, runners can have can runners run with earbuds. And the issue with that is they can't hear anything, and they like they can't be attentive to like the Their environment around. Them. Yeah. So they compromise and say, well, what if they had one small earbud? And then the issue of communication between coach and runner comes up, and then someone's like, well, what if it's just pre-recorded? All right. So they all and then uh, John Coach Harrison has a eureka moment and he is nudging everybody like vote yes to this vote. Yes. There's like two no's. Everybody. It's like unanimous because Coach Harrison tells them to. And then. So, you know, as the viewer, oh, this guy's got a plan. So what they do is they have a map of the course and they have the time the best time on that course that the champion runner in the state ran. So they record like a 19 minute and 45 second audio file of the dad speaking to the girl as she runs to Hannah, as she runs the race, telling her about specific points in the race and telling her how to control her breathing and what pace to have at each point in the race. And and giving her real strategies. Like, yeah, like pass I, girls here. Don't pass here. I am not. A, I've never participated in cross country. Uh, but that seems 
ridiculously shady to me. It, yeah, that it can't be like, legal. If, if the reason they required for the earbud thing, for the rule at the town council or whatever it was, that you can't have live communication with the coach, you can just have pre-recorded, so it's like music or something. Right. This is why. Exactly. So that you can't be coached through the course. Yeah, and um, I there's the the general rule in these movies is that if the plot requires it or it raises the stakes in a weird way, then they it is the moral high ground. Yeah, like it's automatically the moral high ground if the plot requires it. Like nobody should be asking <laughs> questions about this. Yeah. But this it, it's it is a breach of ethics. John Harrison's not an ethical guy. No, he's, he's, he's yeah. He operates. It, you know, in you know gray matter yeah you think about the the deal with the parents and not informing them about or the guardian and not informing them about telling this girl about her birth father you think about this whole situation with the headphones and recording um a coached track like this guy um well he really wants to win like he's all about the win. At, it, it, he is at the bottom of it. We have all this emotional turmoil, but his motivation throughout the whole movie is we've got to win the cross country race. Yeah, he's a kind of he is a corrupt guy. Yeah. And in fact, maybe maybe this is the Kendricks growing as storytellers. Is is this their first antihero? I think it, yeah, it might be. I, that's, it is their first anti-hero. They've done it. They've done it. They're, they're getting into the nuance of storytelling. Yeah. We've got a character who's just a bad guy, but, um, wants, wants to see his, uh, protege win, win the race and will do whatever it takes. This is the Walter White of the Kendrick Brother movies. He is, he, he does break bad in this movie. Like, as a, as a, and Walter White was a teacher as well. Walter White slightly higher stakes with the way he breached his code of ethics. However, Coach Harrison, he's in the he's a couple lanes over maybe on the on the highway of debauchery, but yeah. He's he's somewhere on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually may have to rethink my opinion of the second half of this movie now that we're we're thinking about it in this vein. Is that... Now that we're thinking about it too much. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so the, with, the day of the with big her place. cheating recording, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah Scott her performance and, enhancing drug, yeah, if she so to speak, yeah, she mm-hmm. ends up doing really well in the race. Yes, she she wins. Well, she her and this girl have like the exact same time. Okay, let's so she gets to the finish line. It appears to be a tie, but then right when she gets over the finish line, and we did not mention this at all up to this point, but Hannah Scott has asthma, which. <laughs> The movie does not let you forget. As many times as Coach Harrison can say it, he says that the runner on my team has asthma. And so she collapsed because she has asthma. But also, the reason we haven't mentioned it it so far is that it has nothing to do with... Like, this character could have not had asthma, and the movie wouldn't have changed at all. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so she collapses because of an asthma attack on the finish line. And so they they help her out. They give her oxygen. There's paramedics. They sit her down on a bench. And then as they're, you know, trying to get her to, you know, breathe, breathe, 
this other this official from the race comes over and he's like, hey, guys, guess what? You guys had the exact same time, but we checked the footage. You were leaned forward by one inch and you won the race. And so he just divulges this to them. And so Hannah wins the race. And um, after that, the grandmother shows up after the race has been uh, uh, finished. And her and Hannah and her and Coach Harrison have a moment of reconciliation where nobody says who was right, who was wrong. They just they have some kind of understanding. But I'm well, they won the race. I'm wondering if her grandma let her run the next year. Yeah. That's a great I, I, yeah, maybe maybe like uh, we found out courageous is having a, a 10 year later scene added on to the end of the movie. Uh, they're doing like a 25th anniversary or a 10 year anniversary or whatever. Maybe 10 years from now or whatever, however, 10 year, 2029 when Overcomer is 10 years old, we'll get a 10 years later scene. Yeah. And, and we'll know. Oh, that'd be perfect because you could have her running in the Olympics and you, you you could just repeat the whole plot of Chariots of Fire, but with in the Overcomer universe. I'm yes. for that. Somebody, we need to write the Kendricks and let them know. All right. Um, and so at the end, you know, there's yes. this reconciliation. They have, uh, like, how old is she now? Hannah's 21. She runs cross country in college. She yeah. leads Bible studies, and which is just a vehicle for the movie to have one last, like, dramatic uh, monologue. It, it's the it's the Billy Graham sermon at the end of the movie. Yeah, and we watch yeah. one of Billy Graham's movies, and every single one of those ends with the revival scene. Everybody shows up at a Billy Graham rally. Yeah, and this is that's sort of what the whole thing is. They, in case you weren't aware from the rest of the movie. One last time, they she just gives this speech about what it means to be a Christian. And then we find out that her dad, unfortunately, passed away because of his health complications. But he has recorded a message for her every single uh, year up to. Yeah, I think it's every every birthday she has like a new a new recording from him for a couple of years. It went into like the mid 20s from what we saw on screen. Yeah. Um, and so that yeah, it, the movie kind of fades out to her listening to her twenty-first birthday recording from her dad. And that's that's Overcomer. Yeah, not. I think, like we said, not enough focus on the actual sport. And the song at the end of the movie is called Overcomer. Yes. I am not positive if that was recorded for the movie. Or if they called the movie Overcomer so they could use that song at the end. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I would be concerned if the Kendrick Brothers method of movie making was they listened to like a song on K-Love and were like, we should do a movie about that. However, I'm not convinced just, so that that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, just bump into K-Love yeah. and then you get – yeah, I, I want an interview with them. So where do you get your ideas? I just listen to K-Love and <laughs> – Oh, man. Where do you get your ideas? Um, yeah, so it's, that pretty much covers a summary of the movie. I think it does. Um, I I don't. Do you want to get into the guiding question? Well, here's yeah, I, have, I have one question about the movie. Hannah has very severe asthma. 
My question is, if it's always been that way, would she have chosen cross-country running? Like, because I get it, if she had known her dad her whole life, then that would have been like a family legacy thing. Well, she, so if you remember, she does have a picture of her dad winning a cross-country race. Okay, her, okay, that's right. Okay, So that she makes, did know that at least. All right, then that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, let me let me look over my notes here just to see if there's anything else I want to bring up. Um, oh yeah, so we sort of quickly went over the beginning of the movie, but there is one thing that we need to talk about at the beginning of this movie is so John Harrison, Alex Kendrick has you know just lost the championship because that we didn't mention this, but that's how the movie starts is he's coaching basketball. Um, and it's actually a really well done shot where it's outside of the basketball arena and the camera kind of slowly moves in and shows the game being played. And he's the the coach of this team and they lose the, I think it's the championship game. They lose by like three points on a, on a missed shot at the, you know, the buzzer has gone. Kid took the three, the three and it, he bricked it and they should have had a tie game. They should have gone on to state yeah. or that was state. Oh, we don't know. But the point is, he's he's just lost this game. Like, the next day or, like, a week later, finds out that all of the the factories are leaving town. Um, a couple of months later, finds out that half of his team is transferring to other schools. Then he gets a letter that he's getting a pay cut. And so he's he's outside doing some work in his yard and misses... Uh, Mrs. Harrison comes out and starts nagging him about why he's pouting. Ugh. And um, it was so, it was just, first of all, the wrong time to have this conversation because this guy has just lost, like he's losing income. He's lost his, his future at the job that he works. Like everything's falling apart around him. Now's not the time to have this conversation about your food's getting cold and why you're sitting out here pouting. It was a very, um, uh, Mrs. Harrison needs some help. And I think the Harrisons in general just have some communication problems, not only in their own marriage, but also in communicating with their students' families, as we've talked about. Yeah. There's some they, issues there. They have a real good heart-to-heart, though. Yes, they do. And that actually brings me to another thought, is that throughout this movie, Ethan, their older son, is like the model son. Like, whatever failings these two have as parents, they did a good job on Ethan. Because he's like always like um like hanging out with his younger brother and teaching him things. And he's always like he's like he's almost like an angel in this movie where he's directing the younger brother, like, look, our parent our parents are praying right now. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Or and in fact, I think multiple times it's that situation where like their parents had an argument and the younger son is upset. And then the parents reconcile and Ethan, the older son, like brings the younger son, is like, look, it's all gonna be okay. So he he's he's a he's a stand up guy. Um, yeah, he is. Besides that, I think we covered everything. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just I was just agreeing. Um, but yeah, that's... yeah. Um, besides that, though, I think we pretty much covered everything with this movie. Mm. Oh, the, the, one. 
in PA, I don't know if it's different down south, but cross country is a fall sport and basketball obviously goes through the winter. So is I don't is the is the cross country season the beginning of the next year or do they know, just yeah. start I don't know. Okay. I was homeschooled. Don't ask me these questions. <laughs> um yeah, so, yeah, let's get into the guiding questions, I think. we're. Who would you recast? Oh, I have a good one for this. <laughs> um, the At the, the final race, like the championship race, the guy who fires the gun looks exactly like Josh from the West Wing. Oh, yeah, he does. This is another <laughs> recurring theme here, the West yeah. Wing lookalikes in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, looks exactly like him. Uh, what's his name in the West Wing? Josh. Uh, I can't remember his last I name. I can't remember his last name either. Um, but yeah, looks just like him. So that was that was my recast. I, I actually wrote it down so I didn't forget it because it was so. I was like, wow, that's him. Uh, what do you? What do you? Do you have any? I'm trying to think who I would. What role? I don't know. I bet if you did um, Thomas, the the dad, I bet there would be a good, like maybe a Morgan Freeman. Yeah, you could definitely do that. I'd want to. I part of me wants to work Gramps in there somewhere because I think he would be very happy to be part. Because Gramps loves cross, running, so he, I thought he does him, love cross country. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just make him one of the coaches or so. I I wanted an appearance, or maybe make him the when they're judging those drama monologues, they have the lunch lady. He should be like a janitor who comes in and helps judge yes. the monologues. Yes. I think that's why we put him. Yeah. Uh, did the movie handle its material well? If I had watched the first half of this movie, I would have said yes. But then the second half of the movie happened, and everything fell apart. Yeah, I I would say about the same thing. It, it, they didn't not enough focus on the actual sport part. Right. If it wanted to be a sports movie, it needed to focus more on the sports. If it if it wanted to be something other than a sports movie, probably should have left the sports thing out. But as it is, it just feels confused. Um, so no, yeah, it doesn't. doesn't is it a necessary movie? I'm gonna say. That I'm going to say yes, in the sense that it is one more step on the progression of the, the Kendrick brothers journey to making a good movie. Yeah, um, they haven't gotten there yet, but they're on the way. And I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I'm invested at this point. I'm going to keep oh, watching Kendrick brothers movies because at, so, at some point they're going to make a movie where we're just like, a good movie. I know it'll be a quick episode, that one. Yeah. Oh, favorite quote. Oh, I actually have one of the. Do you have one? I think, well, we mentioned that just that funny moment when he comes out of talking from talking to his <laughs> son about running. And then he just says to his wife. Yeah, he's, he's not. Gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. Mine was um, towards the end of the movie. I thought it was a I thought it was a really good line. Um, so. Uh, I, I think it's after she finds out that her dad died. And they're sort of reflecting. At, yeah, it's at the funeral. 
they're reflecting on how he hadn't been there and things like that. And the girl, Hannah, says, for six weeks, I had the best dad in the world. And I thought that was a really good line because it's like, yeah, he had been terrible for all of your life. But for about this this short period, you had the best dad in the world. Mm, yeah, I, I thought that was a good line. It is. It is. I didn't. It, it doesn't gloss over anything. It's it's honest writing. We yep. hope to see more from that from the Kendricks in the future. Yes. Anything knock your socks off? I mean, I guess the only thing I would say about this movie that knocked my socks off is the the complete disregard for parental rights. They're, they're <laughs> verging on little piece of heaven territory. Here. <laughs> Obviously, Little Piece of Heaven is like the zenith of, I don't know. Oh, just we should bypassing all morals and ethics and the system altogether. But I, I think, yeah, I, I would. It is. It's, it's virgin on Little Piece of Heaven, and I don't think, I don't think we've watched anything else that even virgins. Yeah, it's virgin. Quick side note, we've talked about A Little Piece of Heaven a lot because it's one of my favorite awful, like I hate it so much. (laughs) And of course, the one of the characters in Little Piece of Heaven is Jesse Smollett, who, you know, you may have heard about in the news recently. (laughs) But I I discovered the other day, I forget why I was even looking this up, but um, a guy who reads one of the Stephen King audiobooks, Salem's Lot was also in that movie. So that that movie just drew drew a lot of people together. All roads eventually (laughs) lead to a little piece of heaven. Um, I I forget how I... I I don't even remember why I was looking up that guy. I was like, he's in a little piece of heaven. (laughs) Would you recommend this movie? Uh... I want to be able to say yes, but no, it's not. It, they it, haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's a. If someone asked me about it, um, I think it'd be like a, eh, you know, kind of shake your hand a, a little bit, like, right, you know, right. You and, can, but you're not missing anything necessarily. But like, I, I think it could have been like I would for people looking for movies in this universe like i would say i would yeah watch facing the giants i think like yeah it's it's it sticks to the football for the yeah. most part but with this one it, i don't i don't know i don't quite have the it doesn't the sport even the sport doesn't quite hold it together yeah so it's always difficult asking or answering this question because on the one hand it's like am i ever going to recommend this movie to anybody no yeah. obviously not however if my mom is like Hey, should I watch um, Overcomer? I'd be like, yeah, you'd like it. So in that yeah. sense, yes, I would recommend it. Which I wouldn't say that of all Christian movies. Like some of them I'd be like, no, don't watch that. It's like a little piece of heaven. Right, exactly. I'd be like, no, don't don't waste your time. This one I would recommend it to my mom. And that's sort of my litmus test for would I recommend this movie on Dreams of a Better Day? Would I recommend this movie to my mom? Okay, and yeah, gotcha. I would say it's yes not... to that. Uh. And who was it made for? I think that's just <laughs> made for as large of an like evangelical audience as possible. Um, it, it it tried to be another sports movie, but they already did football. 
they should have stuck with basketball, I think. And it would have been a better. Honestly, that is true. I was getting, I was pumped on the opening scene with the. Right. I love like Hoosiers is one of my favorite movies. I I always like the basketball ones. And then how would you rate this movie? (laughs) I think. Because I liked the first half so much. Well, I thought the first half was passable. And then <laughs> it went off. I don't need to oversell this. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to have another uh, left behind tribulation force. Yeah. Comparing it to the Godfather. Um, but then it went off the rails the second half. So I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a five out of ten stolen beats by Dre. I was going to do stolen headphones. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna just agree completely with your system because I was gonna say stolen <laughs> headphones, but I like the the uh, the flare of the beats. Yeah, so I'm with you 100. percent All right. Uh, you, you would also give it a five, or I think so because I was I didn't take a lot of notes just because the first half of the movie I was just kind of watching the invested. Movie. Yeah, I was yeah. watching, which does not happen often with these. <laughs> movies a lot but it was i don't know it it seemed it seemed much more put together than their earlier efforts but also more than some of these other movies and i would say compared to some of these other movies that we've watched i think this one is it's in the upper percentile of them i think yeah especially if you're talking purely about like cinematography direction like setting up a scene and filming it and then editing it well like all of that stuff they did really well in this movie it's yep. just the fact that the story is not great which hurts them yeah well i have a couple reviews the first one is from fellow that goes by jay blue this is from imdb one out of ten stars this was a Baptist tent revival, not a movie. You know, I, I don't think that's a fair review, actually. Most of their movies, I would say yes. This one, I think it's more than that. It's not good, but it's more than that. Let's see. Oh, he has he, he has a little bit more written. I was just... Oh. I thought oh, this sorry. was going to be a feel-good story like Hoosiers or Rudy, and I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> This was a slow, boring, predictable movie with the worst acting I've ever witnessed. Oh, and the Jesus aspect was not just sprinkled in. It was crammed right down your throat every 10 minutes. This experience was more like a revival than a motion picture. This is, it sounds like a bitter person. <laughs> not a pleasant person to be around. And I mean, <laughs> what is Hoosiers or Rudy? Yeah, I, first of all, if you're comparing a movie made by some guys at a church to Hoosiers and Rudy, maybe your expectations are off. This is interesting though. Cause I think this means this uh, Jay blue character went into the movie totally blind. He did. I could, he didn't know oh, maybe if he, he was like, you know, it might've been like you watch chariots of fire. You might like, it might've been like a, the algorithm yeah. that he would like that movie or something. Oh, that's interesting, because listen to this. on This is an Amazon review. Um, one star out of five. So twice. What's his face? He gave it. Gay blue. Um, extremely, extremely religious movie. Just another bad movie promoted by right-wing Christians promoting fairy tales to children. 
The trailer misleads the viewer into thinking this is a feel-good family and high school sports movie and leaves out the religious aspects. So maybe this is a case of the Kendrick brothers. Um, they tricked. They got it. Yeah, they have false got advertising, it. I guess. Huh. That, that must be, that may be, because there's plenty, there's enough, like, cool sports scenes to string together a probably a pretty riveting trailer. Yeah. That's, that's probably, I'll bet that's, I'll bet this was a, just an interesting, it might have been like an interesting marketing strategy on their part. Because they must yeah. know what people, they, people know what to expect from their movies. So I, they must have, they, they're thinking. Yeah. They're in it for the long game. I, I'm looking through all of the Amazon reviews right now, and so many of the one-star reviews are watched the trailer, thought it was a sports movie, turns out it was religious propaganda. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, another one. Very misleading trailer. I read the premise and watched the trailer. It seemed to be a sports movie with an underdog theme. I thought it would be perfect for my developmentally uh, disabled daughter since she loves those types of movies. I was very wrong. I'm not religious at all, and my daughter couldn't understand 85% of the movie. I can't believe that I paid good money uh, for this crap. The only good part was the race at the end, and it seemed to take forever to get there. The races were few and far between. Yeah. Oh. The one with star, you. the one star is the gratitude that I felt when it ended. <laughs> oh man! All right, I've got, I've got two reviews here. I I haven't completely read them yet, but I feel like um, this first one needs to be read. So it's it's an Amazon review from Mom of Eight. One star. On the Fast Track to Modern Christianity is the, the title of the review. From Flywheel On, this is by far my least favorite. Wow. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. The concept of our identity being in Christ and not of things of the world, that's great. But all this movie did was use Christ as a crutch to get the things of this world. Mm. At the moment of salvation, it did not speak of repentance. Her faith was a prayer, not from her heart. You don't know that but repeated in a follow-me manner. Then everything unrealistically... All right, this woman's been listening to our podcast. Then everything unrealistically falls into place. The script was rushed and not nearly as well-written as the other movies. <laughs> wow. Okay. The modesty gets less and less with each film. Booty shorts are the norm. Oh, and if you want to know the direction of modern Christianity, this is going from the Beth Moore appearance in War Room. Well, Lauren Daigle sings the same song she sang on Ellen. You know, the You Say, the one that doesn't point to God, but is her crossover. Because she has said she's not a Christian artist. And then, um, yeah, that's what this movie goes for. A feel-good movie with some good doctrine mixed with subtle false doctrine. So this woman's problem is that it was not religious enough, I think. Interesting. Interesting. Um, that's, I think these the Kendrick Brothers movies probably... I guess, I mean, they're usually, I mean, they come out every few years and they're the most well-funded of these types of projects. They, I, I'm sure, like, the reviews for them are, like, there's a lot more polarizing than some of the others. Yeah. And I, they're get, they're uh, starting to market their stuff a little differently, too, I guess. Yeah, apparently, because a lot of people are really upset. Um, 
And what, what is fascinating, I'm looking at more reviews, there are a lot of people who are upset that the Kendrick brothers have apparently gone liberal with this movie. Really? Like this is, yeah. like this this is, is their, kind of what we were talking about with Left Behind Left Behind. Ago. Yeah. Like, the, the, just the tribes that uh, are established yeah. because of these movies. Oh, that's so funny. All right, I'm, I'm oh, curious this... about... All right, I got, I got one more, and then I'll be done with my reviews. Uh, this is from JP, one star. The review title is Terrible. And then it says, gory and unrealistic to the point of absurdity. We turned it off about 30 minutes in. I'm wondering uh, if he's reviewing the wrong movie, or did we miss something? He said, did you say gory? Gory. That's yeah. I, I'm assuming he is, unless I mean we very clearly in the podcast did miss lots of details about the movie, so maybe we missed something in the first half hour. I would highly recommend you check out the one star reviews on Amazon for this one. There's some there's some real gems in here. Real bangers. I could keep going, but uh, I I think the the best we can say about this movie is that it is polarizing. And that's that's the key to longevity for any yeah. work of art or yeah. you know craftsmanship. It has to be polarizing in some way. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe in twenty years, our kids will be begging us to pull out the DVD of Overcomer. Can we please watch our, our it again? kids in twenty years won't know what DVDs are. <laughs> Oh man! Maybe they'll be an immersive like VR VR Overcomer. Second visit. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Overcomer by the Kendrick Brothers in the Kendrick Brothers Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Anybody has uh, questions, comments, recommendations for movies you think we should watch? We're at Better Day Cast on Twitter, so send tweets. Yes. Um. All right. Well. Dream on, dreamers.